It's Time for Living Your Purpose, a motivational and inspirational podcast with Peter and Joyce Nielsen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Living Your Purpose with Peter and Joyce Nielsen. We are so excited. It's Halloween week. We have a special guest. Uh, He's kind of an old friend. I met him in 2008, and you're just in for a huge treat. If you're just stumbling on this and you like what you're seeing, just press the link below in YouTube and subscribe. But if you're listening on Shopify, whether it's in California, whether it's in Asia, whether you're listening um, on SoundCloud or on different venues, just know that go to YouTube, Peter Nielsen or Peter's Principle, so you can see what we're doing just like our TV show. I just want to thank you, uh, Jonathan Rand. I'm here with this amazing children's author. You just have dozens and dozens of, of book, the American Chiller series, Michigan Chiller series. I mean, you have bestsellers, the, the season of the witch, the world is black and white. I could go on and on and on. You're a Michiganian. You, you were born um, in Pontiac, Michigan. And I just want to say for all the people that may have seen the NBC special, it was a children's special in 2008. It was on prime time, 8 o'clock at night. This man, God, has favored him in a big way. He just loves on our kids. And we need that. They're our future. Um, They're our hope. And when you go to schools, the teachers spend more time with your children than we do as parents. So I just say thank you, Jonathan, for all that you've been doing. When you want something bad enough, you have to be consistent. When you want to keep what God has given you, you need to be persistent. And you're both. You know, this is what you do. And you and I were talking before we went on air. It's like when you truly love what you do, you then become passionate about it. When you truly have passion, you collide with purpose. And then your life has such more influence, such more meaning, bigger than self. So first of all, thank you so much for being here, especially on Halloween week here. And I guess, what have you been doing over the last, over a decade? And and this guy, he must be eating some good food because he does not age. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. You are are too kind. And I'll tell you, it's a lot of what, uh, you know, when we go back, we met back in uh, 2008. And what I'm doing today is a lot, uh, a lot, very, very similar. Um, Probably just, you know, bigger, a little more expanded, hopefully better, hopefully a little more uh, refined. But uh, I'm telling you, I, I had, I'm having more fun than uh, today than I did back then, and I never would have believed it because it's uh, it's still a riot. I'm still having a great time with it. Still having a great time with the kids. Every day they surprise me and amaze me, and it's a it's it's a lot. It's a great opportunity and a lot of responsibility to take pretty serious. You know, and I, I had a, the pleasure of meeting your wife. You guys, some dynamic duos that really work well together. He comes with this big, this big truck that has his logo on it. Looks scary. I was scared to even walk in there, but the kids were running up to him. And I mean, we did it at the Milford Library and there was hundreds and hundreds, uh, maybe a thousand kids. And it was just beautiful to see how you work with them. You didn't leave until the last person had an autographed book. And it just, um, 
it spoke volumes to your character and to your integrity. Yeah. And might I add, when we got your special delivery package, I was looking for those live spiders that were enabled on the side of the box. <laughs> <laughs> the kids were like, where's the spiders? <laughs> I'm telling you, they love Halloween. So oh, this is, and you know, this has been very um, inspired and motivated by, I just got married to this amazing woman um, about a year and a half ago. And um, I basically have two amazing stepchildren that run around the house. And one of them is with us. And he, I just want him to say a quick hello here. And then he's going to come back on. But this Hi. is Colton. Hey, and Colton. he's the one who came home with one of your books. I opened it up. And I was just like, I know this dude. I know him. And then my next statement was like, I authored five books. He's never asked me for an autograph. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Oh. So what inspired you to get into writing? I mean, you're either a writer or you're not. You're either good at it or you stink. <laughs> Yeah, you well, you know, and I tell you, I can write some pretty stinky stuff. I tell you, yeah, there's no, there's no hiding that. Yeah, you know, but I, uh, I, I, growing up, I never really, I never really saw myself as an author. I, I was always fascinated. I loved being outdoors, and my dream was to get a job working in the conservation field. But I loved to read. Even, I mean, my parents read to me when I was little, and I. I, I, I learned to read in an early age, and uh, and I was just and, and I was reading everything I could get my hands on. I gravitated always towards like the spooky, scary stuff, you know, ghost stories and things like that. But but as such, I was able to write well, um, and I think I got a lot of that from you know because I was I was such a voracious reader, and um, I didn't start writing books until later in life. I was fortunate enough to get a job working at a radio station. I I was I, go, I was going to college, and that really wasn't working out for me, and. Uh, Man, there was this radio station that was hiring, and even my, I remember my roommate at the time was like, you know, you can't get a job there. You don't know what you're doing. You've never done that before. And I was like, oh, you know, but I, I thought it'd be so cool. And so I went in, and uh, a lot of it was persistence. But in essence, what they wound up hiring me for was I could read well and I could write well, and um, and I, and and that's exactly. And I, when I did that, I, when I started making these radio commercials and writing the sports stories and news stories I just fell in love with it and I knew that I was on to something at the time I was like and I didn't care you know I didn't care how much money I made I, I just knew that this was something that I wanted to do and that I did that for about 12 years 13 years I, I worked a lot of radio commercials and uh, voiceovers and such and then I kept thinking man I should get an I got I got an idea for a book somebody should write a book like that and oh here's another idea for a book and somebody should write a book about that and then finally I was like maybe Maybe I should write that book, you know. So, and then one thing That's led to weird. another. Man, and you yeah. know, again, it's it's that curiosity, it's that taking the risk, it's believing yep. in yourself, it's learning that you really may like this, and then you really become good at it, and you're passionate about it. And then it's like, it almost like God gives it back to you because a lot of times we end up teaching what we've always wanted to learn, yeah. you know, and, and you doing, going through that, that stepping stone of the radio. A lot of times people, they like their destination, but they don't like how they got there because if they ever knew what they had to do, they probably wouldn't be there. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and I just think it's beautiful on how you evolved. You have a question. Oh, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep everybody here all night. <laughs> and I'm even on track of the ones I wanted to ask because you mentioned, okay, so you mentioned persistence, but um, I'm curious, what do you think, I know as an author, there had to be many rejections and you maybe self-doubt and what is it are the main factors that really kept you going and made you successful in the career that you're doing? Well, I think the first thing that um, I realized was that I, it was something that I really enjoyed doing. Uh, you know, I really, it, it was something that was so much fun. And even, I remember even before I was, uh, I got published, I just, I was, I would have such a, this, this wonderful feeling of, of accomplishment. And it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's like being in the zone. I used to run and, and I, years ago I competed in, you know, triathlons and you just kind of get lost in this, in, you know, you're running and, and then where did that last mile go? Where did that last, you know, three, four miles go? Not always, you know, when, but, uh, but it was, it was like that way writing. And I was like, all of a sudden it'd be like, wow, three hours have gone by and I've got to go to work. And I realized at the time that this is, this is something that I, I really enjoy and I'm really passionate about. And maybe I can take this a little bit, a little bit further. And yeah, I did get, there were quite a few rejections and such uh, as far as sending stuff out and, you know, you get different re rejections. Sometimes you didn't hear anything, you know, back at all. Why um, children? What's that? Why the category of children's books? You know, here's what happened. This is an interesting story. I started writing, I, the, the first books that I wrote were adult thrillers. I wrote, actually, I wrote three of them. And I was picked up by a publisher. I am, while I'd written my third book, um, I had stumbled on this idea um, it was a, a book called Ferocity about a giant fish that lives in Mullet Lake and eats people. And uh, I was looking for this. Uh, I was yeah, this kind of this 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 Jaws type knockoff thing in the freshwater. And I wanted to create a metaphor for Michigan and, and northern Michigan. And I thought, okay, if you know you live in Michigan, you take all the beautiful you know surroundings, the forest and the clean air and the water, and you put it in a bottle and you sold it as a beverage. What would you call it? And I settled, in my book, I settled on what I called a Corville cooler. Corville was the fictitious name of the small town. But one of the things I had jotted down on my notes was a Michigan chiller. And I thought, wow, that sounds kind of interesting. And I told my wife, I said, you know, that kind of, that kind of sounds like a, like a series of books, you know, for kids. Wouldn't that be cool? And not long after that, I'd gone through, I'd saved all my books growing up, and I started reading some of these the scary books that I read when I was growing up, and I and they brought back such really great memories. I, I'm going to try this whole Michigan chiller thing, and I'm going to base the first one on Mackinac Island. And uh, again, I had that feeling when I started when I started getting into this. It just was one of the things that just couldn't. It just wouldn't leave me. Those those hours I spent writing every single day, I just connected with that time. And I'm like, man, this is really. I think I'm really onto something with this. Did you ever get writer's block? Like even in my third book, I ended up selling one of two of my only clubs, my health clubs. I was just getting burnt out. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to come out of competition. And I ended up going, and I ended up winning the World Cup. And I says, I'm going to write a book. I gave myself one year from the health clubs. I had enough resources to do that. Yeah. My point is in the summer, gorgeous day, no one around, 
in the backyard. It must have been six weeks that I could not write. I mean, I just, I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then I just, it flowed, but I was getting in my own head. Has that ever happened to you? You know, um, I would say, yes, it has. Uh, not so much these days. And the reason is, is that I go back to the fact that um, much of what I write, in fact, most of it, um, you will never see. And it's for, for two reasons. Number one, I write a lot in a journal every single day. I got into that habit in 2013, and I wish I would have started years and years ago. I write an enormous amount in my journal. And what I've found that that does is that, you know, it kind of gets your brain warmed up a little bit. Yeah, it gets you. But, but it, what it also made me realize is that, I mean, good writing is work. And you've got to get through a lot of the, the, the junk and the stuff. I mean, sometimes I'm sitting there working on a, on a book, and I'm, I, I know at the time what I'm writing is not very good. And yet I still sludge through it because it's part of the process. And I know I'm going to get that feeling again. And it might be that creeping feeling where all of a sudden I'm like, ah, now I'm at that zone. Now I'm into that spot. This is good. And then I go back and I, of course, when I edit, I got to get rid of all that and, you know, dump and take chapters out or whatever. <laughs> but that's part of the process. Totally. It yeah. evolves. And what other? I know you had a few. Yeah. So I know that you, um, how I was introduced to you is I know that you travel across the state and I'm not sure do you, if you travel to other states outside of Michigan. <laughs> And, yeah. and you have this spectacular van decked out and the whole yeah. thing. And you actually, uh, one of the things that, or at least from the outside looking in, I would see would be one of your purposes is you bring your passion and you share it with the kids and help them perfect their writing skills and elevate their passion towards that field too. So my daughter is in fifth grade and she experienced one of your writer's workshops where my son also was able to obtain a copy of one of your um, books. And that's what's really introduced us to your series. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And I was, I just wanted to know, is that with the, with the Jonathan Rand, the, the writer's quest workshop that you yeah. did? And yeah. can you tell us a little yeah. bit more about that? Sure. Yeah, actually, um, it, it was uh, right back for Peter before the year before you and I met, that was uh, 2007. We'd started this uh, a camp for kids called Author Quest. We had our first camp. We had just one in the year 2007, and our first year we had 36 kids, and our second year we had two camps with 60 kids at each camp, and it was just it, the word just got out and it, it exploded. But it was just this spectacular thing. Four days, three nights. I just leased this big camp in the middle of the woods, and kids came from mostly the Midwest, wow. um, mostly Michigan, but we did get kids from, and over the years we got kids from Florida, so they came good. from California, Texas, we had uh, two kids come down from Kodiak Island, Alaska, and they came twice actually, which was a lot of fun, but the uh, the classes, that went on up until COVID, and then what I had started doing was branching out a little bit more because there had been a, a lot of interest with the, with the nuts and bolts of the whole writing process. Mm -hmm. 
for kids that couldn't get away. They couldn't either, you know, make it to right. four days or something of that sort. So I put this together, a, a program that was just a couple of hours, which I think your daughter experienced, mm -hmm. where I could take that on the road. In fact, I went to, uh, I did that in Frankfurt, Germany. I was over there for, uh, you know, for a week and did programs over there for wow. kids. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And I still do that to this day. I do it uh, I do it at our uh, store, Chiller Mania in Indian River. And But the nice thing about it is it's kind of one of those movable feasts. I can take it everywhere. And so kids in different communities have an opportunity to experience it. So talk to me about that Chiller Mania in 2005, you and your wife, you opened this, like paint us a picture of this store. Yeah. You know, it's... It, in 2005, I, I was the year before. I'd met a guy. He had a car dealership, a used car dealership, and uh, in Indian River, a little place right on I-75. And I'd been thinking about it. I, you know, I needed some warehouses. I had, a, I needed a place for my business manager. We had people that were coming. We live in a small community, and people just come to our house. And, you know, think, you know, like looking for books at the time. And I thought <laughs> we, should, we should probably open up a store. That's fun. And. Uh, and it has been fun. It's it's all it is is it's just it's wall to wall books, and I've written 140 books, and that's all it oh, is. is it's wow. five books. And yeah, and so if you, I think five is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and we can find you everywhere. I mean, you take up a whole shelf in the library. We that's went great. the other day. And I am so super excited yeah. for your success. You know, before we leave the podcast, I want to bring back this gentleman. Colton is eight years old. Sit here. And mom, you stay right there because he's going to be really, really, really popular in school tomorrow. <laughs> so get, get close. There you go. Excellent. So what is the question that you have this, this gentleman, this author who you brought home and you're enjoying reading his books? Um, so first of all, when did you write your very first book? <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that. I remember those glasses. Those That's how we met. I have a lot of fun, but I have a lot of fun with this. Uh, Colton, I have two it's answers for you. Um, <laughs> um, I wrote. I started writing an adult fiction novel. My first one I began in in 1995 took me a long time. I had no idea what I was doing, and there's a question of whether I still know what I'm doing. I'm not sure about that. But that led to the first book in the Michigan Chillers series, and that first book was released in March of the year 2000, so long before you were even around. And you have another question, don't you? One more? Yeah. Um, what's your favorite book you wrote from any series? Whoa. My favorite book? Yeah. Ooh, um, wow, that is a tough question. I used to say Dinosaurs Destroy Detroit because I love dinosaurs and I was just a big dinosaur fan. But I would have to say, I'm going to give you a couple different answers too. Um, a book called Drummond Island Dog Man. I wrote that book and my editor, when she uh, she sent me a note back with all of her changes and everything, she said I, it's, that she it scared her so bad she had to sleep with the lights on for a week and I thought that's cool. I, scared, I scared my editor and you know Lynn at the time when she's in her 40s which I thought was that was pretty good um, in the American Chillers series uh, Dangerous Dolls of Delaware and then another one um, uh, American Chillers number 34 Savage Dinosaurs of South Dakota so there's, uh, yeah. there's so there. is this Nightmare is this your newest one right that is that is yeah that's a new series yeah. it's going to kind of 
pick up, it's similar, it's real similar to the American Chillers and Michigan Chillers. The only thing different about the Nightmare Nation series is that the stories are based on an actual, like a fact or a legend. Like Village of the Dolls is based in Michigan. There's a place on M33 in northern lower Michigan where a guy started putting these dolls out by the side of the highway. It's really creepy. Don't go there. Uh, <laughs> but it really is. You're driving along in the middle of literally nowhere, and all of a sudden these dolls are looking back at you. Great premise for a story. So the location is real. The situation is real. The story is fictional but it's a fun story. Are we going to see a lot more of that series from you coming? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. number two is called Night of the Hodag, and that takes place in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Oh, I can't even wait. And um, before we wrap it up, I'm sorry, I'm taking this over because I'm just so excited to talk to you. <laughs> Besides writing, though, you've expanded your purpose, and I know that you're involved in... Um, is it pet rescue or? Yeah, yeah, we we're, we do a lot. Of, my wife and I are very involved with uh, with animal rescue and at a, at a particular shelter, uh, Osable Valley Animal Shelter in Grayling, Michigan, which is that's where I kind of grew up and, and graduated. So I kind of we're a little ways away, about an hour drive from there. But my wife is a photographer, so she goes down and she works with the animals, takes pictures of them to really try to give them a, and, and hopefully make them as presentable as possible to uh, to move them out of the shelter and help find them homes. And we're both, we kind of tag team that. And it's just kind of one of these things that we, we really love. And I think as we even, as we age, we, we find ourselves even falling into that a little bit more. And uh, and I'm not sorry about that at all. So how can people, um, how can people find out more about those shelters? They can go, we've got a really active Facebook page. So if they go to Osable Valley Animal Shelter, our Facebook page, or Osable Valley Animal Shelter dot org. That's our uh, our website. Oh, so. Fantastic. And, that, yep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> For all the aspiring writers out there, where can they find your workshop tours, like the list sure. of dates and stuff, to to find yeah. you? Yeah, great. Best place to go is AmericanChillers.com. Everything is posted. Posted up there. All of the public events are there. Uh, and and when, when I travel and we do the uh, the author quest writing workshops, those are posted on there as well. Fantastic. Last question is for people that are watching or listening, for that matter, all around the world. You know, if they're saying this can never happen to me, this guy is lucky. You know, I've been trying to publish a book for the last three years and I'm at wit's end, what would you tell that person that truly everybody thinks they're crazy and you know everyone thinks that person is crazy and this person's passion is they truly want to author and publish a book. What would you tell those aspiring young people or old people that are in that space? Yeah, I would say that if you really feel it, um, if it's something that really matters to you and, and you really do feel it, it's something that is uh, it's passionate to you and people are telling you that you're crazy and you're nuts and you shouldn't quit your day job, um, you're on the right track. Amen. It's a matter of persistence and, uh, and just not taking no from an an for an answer either from yourself or from anybody else. You know, again, I just want to thank you while we're here with this uh, amazing uh, soul, Jonathan Radett, is just a publisher um, for children's books all over the world. Uh, you have 140 published books. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, it, yes. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. that's just amazing. I just want God to continue to bless you, guide you, 
uh, keep you healthy, your family, your wife, in all that you're doing because you really make a, a positive impact, especially to our children, especially to the community who is lost out there that's looking for some positive love and light and hope and joy. So thank you, Jonathan, for being you. Happy Halloween to you. Thank you for being a guest on this on this show, Living Your Purpose. Hey, it's great to see you. Thanks for having me, Peter. You guys take care. Great. Have a great one. <laughs> What a great guest. I mean, it's just, uh, it's beautiful to truly uh, be with someone who lives what they they say. And you had a big treat on basically seeing a, an author that you, you like and you, you see in school. So you had great questions. For anyone that wants to continue to follow us or, or find us, where can they find us? You can find us on social media, Instagram, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, yeah. Facebook, <laughs> Peter and Nielsen. Or if you have questions or even podcast suggestions, Peter at PeterNielsen.com. Yeah. If you can't find us, you don't want to find yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> or obviously, hopefully you're watching this yeah, on YouTube, YouTube. But and, if not, you can find yeah. us on YouTube and click subscribe and yeah. you'll get our weekly videos there too. We appreciate so. you. I mean, the way um, Jonathan spoke about his journey, we all have journeys. And, and a lot of times we give up right before that, that due date. But all the growth is done in the valley, not on the mountaintops. So it's so important for people like you, Colton, to believe and to have big dreams. And when someone or your friends say you're crazy, as Jonathan said, you're closer than you think on that dream. So to each and every one of you, God bless us. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for spending the last almost hour. What a wonderful gift we've had on this week. And until next week. I'm Peter and Joyce Nielsen for Living Your Purpose.